Good morning, everybody. It is the 4th of August, and this is no easy answer. I'm supposed to be giving a podcast, giving a podcast, doing a podcast, narrating a podcast, presenting a podcast. Get me a thesaurus. In any case, this was supposed to be about violence and some other stuff, and I'm going to get to that next week. This is going to be more of a little personal interruption because you'll see in a bit. Uh, this is something that's kind of affected my family a fair amount, and it's nothing tragic, nothing tragic. But still, it's, it's you know, kind of a, it's a big deal for us. And I feel like one of the criticisms uh, many people make of Christians is we're just going to be pretty hypocritical, kind of, you know, paint your face unhappy, and then, you know, things aren't really going well, you don't really talk about that, and you just kind of sweep it under the rug. So, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm going <laughs> to actually go to something that did not work out well, and explore that. Part of this is just for my own processing to try to figure out, did I screw something up? Is What's the deal here? So, um, and I feel like that's also good because we all do life together, and there's no arrival. There's no point where you get it. It's like, yeah, we're good. Uh, I was even looking at something yesterday on Facebook, which I should not spend. I spent a whole lot of time on Facebook, but probably more than I should. Maybe 30 minutes or something. I don't know. I don't have a tracker. I should probably get a tracker. But someone talking about systemic issues and a pastor mentioned something like, Jesus did not come to dismantle systems. He came to dismantle sin. And then started the debate. And so... (laughs) And someone said, hey, Jesus is doing both systems and sin. They, they're both important, and you can't do one without the other, and another than the other without the one. And it's kind of funny, because I, I felt like a lot of the people that were on the thing like, oh, no, systems, no, sin, yes, uh, kind of think, it just kind of gave me this weird impression that I think, yes, Jesus has completely undone sin, and because I have Jesus, now I am completely free of sin, which is true... I mean, it is true. I mean, God, Jesus has forgiven us of all our sins, and he cleans us and cleanses us from all our sins. However, that doesn't mean we screw things up. <laughs> that does not mean that all of a sudden we are now perfectly embodied people of who God is and his presence and his representation on earth. Very far from it. Uh, and so, uh, I don't even know how I got on this, but it, it's kind of always things like, yeah. I screw things up, I mess things up, and so I, I need to go back and be honest with God, and and, I've, and a lot of this I have been praying into, probably not as much as I should be, um, I'll be the first to admit that, but if it's like I have not heard anything clear as of right now, the situation we're facing right now, uh, with the terms of God, so uh, I'm going to go into this, I'm going to go into this, and, and this is a, a shared testimony that in this moment does not have a happy ending, and again, this is not over per se, um, but let's, let's get into it. So, and at the same time, okay, so let, let me just tell you, let's get started, if this is not confusing enough as it is. A little bit of back history. Um, my wife and I came up to the U.S. In, coming up in September will be four years. So this was in September of 2016 that we showed up here, um, just before the elections. And uh, we came up from Columbia. We'd felt this push from God to come up here to the States. And we'd never really known why. What in the world was the reason we were supposed to come up here to the States to do? And, and in some degree, I, I still don't know why. Um, <laughs> and it's funny, even when last year when we went back to Columbia to visit our family and friends and everything, and we loved it. We're so happy to be back there. 
because uh, that's, that's where we want to be. That's where our heart's at. It was just people we had never met before walking up to us and be like, God says, I know you really want to be here, but this is not your place. You need to go back to the States. You're doing right. You're right where you need to be. And this has been a, a very consistent message received, received all this time here and kind of figuring, okay, Lord, what do you want with this? What do you want with this? What do you want with this? That's one of those things. God's got you right where he wants you. Don't worry. Nothing's wrong. You're just right where you need to be. Okay, cool. So since we came up here, um, we came up here just as really penniless immigrants. I was an immigrant in my own country. I had $2,000 available on my credit card. Thankfully, I was not owing anything on my credit card aside from the $60 yearly charge, which I had no way to pay because I was earning everything in, in Colombian pesos and I had no idea how to get dollars. I was stuck. I was like, uh, well, I don't know how to pay that. Um, <laughs> in any case, so I had, we had $2,000 and we needed to buy our plane tickets to leave Columbia and get up to here. And all the tickets for all four of us were always like 2200, 2300, 2400. And then finally one day it dropped to like 17. We're like, we're on it. And so with taxes, it came out to like 18, something like that. And so we bought our tickets. We said our goodbyes in Columbia, very tearful, very sad goodbyes. And we stepped into this crazy world that we're in right now. Um, so we got here. And uh, one of the big reasons we came up was that my parents were in a rough situation. I'm going to honor them and not really get into that whole deal. But um, nonetheless, we need to be present with them. And so they have a house so just kind of out in the middle of the country, but in a subdivided ranch that's kind of a not a fenced off lot, individual lot type ranch, but everyone has cows together to avoid have to paying property taxes, so you can just pay ag taxes, very common practice around here in Texas, and so that's the deal. Anyways, they purchased this lot back in 2007, and they ended up building a house on it, and it was a whole fiasco. It's a different day for a different time. If you want to read my dad's book, you can read it. Uh, it's called Hom- Homicide. You can look it up on Amazon, Homicide. Anyways, um, that explains the whole deal, if you're really that interested. Uh, I'll just say we're here, and so ever since we showed up, or nearly four years ago, we've been living in my parents' guest house. And this guest house was just this one apartment, one bedroom apartment uh, that they had stuck on the back of the garage, and that's where they lived until they finished building their house, the main structure they live in now. And so we've been there. It's got one bathroom, one bedroom, and that's where all four of us sleep, my wife, my two kids, and myself. Um... And then we've got a kitchen. It's not very big, and it's just and it's the kitchen, dining room, living room. It's all just one big area. So I think maybe like 900 square feet total, something like that. It's, it's not a big space. It's not a tiny home, but it's not a big space either. And so that's where we've been. Ever since then, I came here, we kind of first felt maybe we're supposed to go up to Waco. We went up to Waco. We had a really cool ministry up there. Uh, Jimmy with Mission Waco, Mission World. Awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. He, he was setting up this store right there in the middle of the neighborhood where they've been ministering for decades. And uh, really cool stuff. They're setting up this like really neat uh, greenhouse aquaponics system. And so they're going to grow fresh vegetables. They're going to go straight into the store. And people are going to bring in their, um, their compostables. And they're going to have this crazy compost machine, which is, well, I'm not getting into permaculture. Anyways, I love this kind of stuff. And... Uh, Really interesting stuff, and so they, they got this. It's called Urban Reap. You can also check them out on Facebook. Really cool, amazing things, like awesome ministry. I'm like, yeah, this is it. We met a couple, really awesome couple. The, the husband's from here in the States, the wife's from Columbia. Ha, huh? what do you know? And uh, just very, very, very interesting, cool stuff. Started looking for jobs, just bang, nothing, 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 nothing. So 
Anyways, back here, uh, where my folks live, small town, um, I started looking for jobs. The only thing I could find was actually, because I applied everywhere, uh, I have a degree in aerospace engineering, and that's really a hard, it's kind of an albatross, really. There's, there's, I've found more jobs not mentioning that than I have mentioning it. And so that's what happened in this case. Every time I put on my application I had a degree in aerospace engineering, no one would touch me because it's like, oh, overqualified, overqualified, overqualified. Nobody wants to hire a rocket science, rocket scientist, because everyone says, oh, this job's not hard. It's not rocket science. What'd you study? Rocket science. <laughs> it makes for a good laugh. And a bad job prospect because you don't get hired. So all I have to say, I finally found a job working in a, a plumbing store. Uh, plumbing service place, and so I'd answer the phones and dispatch the, the plumbers to go out and fix toilets and water heaters and all that kind of stuff. I learned a lot about plumbing over the year and a half, almost two years I was there, and then at which point, um, through previous contact, an engineer contacted me and wanted me to come and start working for him doing surveying, and I said, let's do it. I previously talked with him about just doing engineering, but just sitting down in front of the computer all day was going to kill me, so now doing surveying, I could be out in the field and run around, and I enjoyed that. Now I'm actually sitting on my butt in front of the computer, it's not too bad, so <laughs> the surveying was breaking me down, it was rough, I, I love it, it's, I love it, it's great, but oof, it's, yeah, in any case, um, that's where we're at, so beginning in May, uh, and, and there's been a push, you know, I think, you know, with, with all of us to try to get to our own independent free space, it's just, financially, we've never been in a spot where we could do it, and my wife started, uh, a cake making business la in 2000 February 2019 and so she's just been you know making cakes for friends family and then more people and it just has grown up and she's become an excellent excellent cake maker and I and I gotta eat crow here because at first I was like no you're not gonna make any money doing this this doesn't work I mean I'm looking at all the ingredients and all the stuff you gotta get and just the amount of things you need to actually make this thing work and just the amount of tools that are part of it it's just like this no this is not going to go anywhere well she proved me absolutely wrong and I will admit I was 100% wrong on that one and uh <laughs> she's like oh this is not going to work I'll show you how it's going to work and she did so she's become amazing you can look it up for uh, Suli's Cakes or Suli's Innovation Suli's Bakery that's it Suli's Bakery I think it's what we finally settled on and she just does amazing, amazing stuff. I mean, not just visually amazing, I mean, even taste-wise, amazing. Just awesome. Maybe we'll end up on a Sugar Rush one day. I don't know. In any case, um, between her and me, we don't make a lot, you know, but we, we can scrape by. It's been kind of things like, well, maybe we can start to save up and think about buying our own house, buying our own place. It feels like whatever, for whatever reason, God's saying, hey, we need to stay here, so it would kind of make sense to do that, um, we, there's some things we'd definitely love to do, if we had our own place, like, we could do a lot of ministry, I, I, again, I want to honor my parents, but that means there's certain things that we do not have freedoms to do, there's a level of order there, which is different than our own scale on liberty and order, and I, I respect that, um, unless there's a lot of things I would like to do that make, sense to me, makes sense to my wife, there's a lot of things she would like to do that makes sense to us, that would be good for the kingdom, would be good for God, and yet we're limited, we cannot participate in those things in our current situation, um, a lot of us doing hospitality, having people over, we, we love practicing hospitality, both in Venezuela and Colombia, and that was a huge part of our ministry, was just having people over and ministering to them, and that's something we have 
not been able to do here. Uh, so, like I said, um, this, this kind of bug got in our ear, maybe starting, maybe starting as early as January, February, somewhere in there. Uh, someone in our BSF group was talking about buying houses, interest is super low, it'd be silly not to do it. I'm like, yeah, it's not going to happen, I can't do that. So, uh, in any case, <laughs> we, um, by the time May rolled around, we just had this bug in our ear, and, and it just felt like God confirming time after time, like, no, now is the time to go and look for a house. And we were both very much convinced on that, that this is, this is what God wants us to do in myriad ways and times and, and whatnot. Uh, we got our stimulus check from the government. We were able to pay off the uh, last bit of our credit card debt that we had used to travel to Columbia the year previously. And so free of that, the only debt we had was for the car I'm driving currently, which is down not to a whole lot. If we get another stimulus check, that would go to pay this off and that'd be done. That'd be on my debt. Um, our credit was really good and so we actually had a little bit saved up for I mean, by a little bit, I mean like a thousand bucks. We had bucks saved up. So maybe, and we started talking to people to see, hey, yeah, this is our situation. I don't know if we can really get anything or, you know, how much do we need to save up for before we can actually start looking. That, that's kind of what I was thinking. It's like, all right, we want to start this process, but we need to know how much we need to have before we can get started because really we don't have anything. Um, and so with that, uh, talking with some folks, they're like, no, you can get started now. It's, it's easy. And, and it's, it's like... In retrospect, I kind of wish they'd been honest with us and laid out all the different costs along the way. That would have been very helpful, and I did ask for that specifically. However, I did not get that. Now I know. So uh, go to YouTube, look up all the costs associated with buying a house, and you will find that. There are lists there. There are people that give very extensive videos about everything that's involved when you buy a house. It's not just the down payment. There's a lot more to it. There's a lot more to it, and we had no idea about any of it. So um, again, I've never owned a house in my life. My parents have owned a house, but uh, I've never owned a house. My wife, she grew up, you know, her dad was able to invade a spot when she was young, and so they were able to own a house, but they ended up having to sell that too, and so it's, she's never really had a place of her own either. It's all just been, um, yeah, other things. So, all that to say, uh, here we are trying to get a house and really starting out with Ziltry courses, resources, and there are resources out there, especially here in Texas. There's a lot of stuff for first-time home buyers, there's some grants you can get, you know, that'll help put in, like, for 3% of your, of your house, and that'll help cover closing costs. You can, where we live is very rural, so we qualify for USDA loans, which requires 0% down, all this kind of stuff. Now, and, and trust me, financial-wise, I, I tend to be stingy, to put it lightly. Um, <laughs> you know, so I'd like to do a, a, a whatchamacallit, oh, who's that guy, financial guru, Oh, I can't think of his name. Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. You know, his thing is have seven, uh, 20% of the value of the house saved up so you can buy it and you have, don't have to get mortgage insurance, all that kind of stuff. And that makes 100% sense to me. That's 100%. Makes a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, that would be the best way to go if you're trying to, overall, the life of everything, spend less money. I, I agree with that. However, I think maybe we buy a house, maybe we sell it in a few years. I don't know. I really don't know. And I feel like God's pushing us to do it now. So I got to say, Yes, this is certain financial wisdom. However, I've got to take what God's telling us to do and, and put that in first place. So we're doing that. Um, and, yeah, as much as I appreciate Dave Ramsey, I, I like listening to his show, but I just got... It's like, man, people make a lot of money. Man, people like... <laughs> just like, dang, I can't stop listening. This is too frustrating. It's like, well, of course I paid off $70,000 of debt. If you, How many would you make? That'd be easy. <laughs> 
So anyways, I stopped listening to Dave, Dave Ramsey. And anyways, we're looking for a house. And uh, we look at one, look at another, just eh, nothing. So here are the two big things we need. One, we need a big kitchen. My wife has just been absolutely slammed with the whole cake thing. She has just been busy, 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 busy. And she could use help. I mean, she could really use help. We could probably... I don't know if we could pay another one, you know, another person a full salary, but we could at least do something part-time or get some people some skills, some basic skills, so they can start their own business with this and, and go at go it, because it is it is way possible to do that. Um, and for whatever reason, the area we're in, it's like restaurants have shut down, so people want things brought to their house. I don't know. It's just been ridiculous the amount of work she's had. Just, you know, even since the pandemic hit, it's like things just hit, go. They just made massive growth. And we can't do that where we're right now. We can't have people come and can help us. And so it's like, we'd like to have a spot because then we can have someone come help and then we can pay someone and create jobs. You know, there's, there's lots of good things, logical things that make sense about having a house. So we need a big kitchen, one. Two, uh, I need a big backyard because another big heart of mine is permaculture and getting into planting and taking care of God's creation and using nature to do that whole thing. And God has promised me a certain tract of land, which is only possible if God does it, because there's, there's no way, <laughs> there's no way I can, A, get the land, and B, have the resources to actually develop it, even to a tenth of its potential, um, on my own, I, I just don't, I have nothing, I have no way to make that happen, but yeah, God has promised that to me, and so in, in working towards that promise, I, there's a lot of skills I need to develop, and, and be ready to work with, working with animals, all that kind of stuff, again, where we live, I can't have any kind of animals, I can have a pet, I can have a dog, and that's it, and then, if I were to have any sort of, even chickens, something as basic as that, it would cause a lot of havoc, again, for my parents and where they live and HOAs and all that kind of stuff. So, high levels of order. Um, so, yeah, I need I need a place where I can actually develop these skills so I can be ready to move into this spot when I was going to do that. I've developed as much as I can, and I've made a lot of mistakes, and there's more to make where I'm at right now, and I'm farming on 100% rock. And yet, even though the tank I have ran out of water, and that's a whole other story, because, again, if I had liberty, I could do it a whole different way. It would work better. Um, it wouldn't happen. I haven't been able to water my garden for a month, and it's been over 100 pretty much every day. And I'm still getting tomatoes, which is pretty good. So a lot of things have completely died and shriveled up, and that's okay. I'm okay with that, because I thought it was moving. But anyways. So, getting on with the story... We've, I'm going to talk about two particular houses, and, and one is kind of a, just kind of to, to ind- indicate kind of where, I, let me just tell you the story, and, and you can learn from my mistakes, if I mess this up, I kind of feel like I did, um, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, I don't know, you be the judge. Uh, we are looking at houses, our realtor took us to, like, five different houses, and just none of them were just going, we went to this one house, which was definitely had some weird, crazy, spiritual stuff going on, he walked in there, and was like, whoa, I don't know what was going on there, anyways, um, right after that, he took this one house, which was way out of our budget, and, uh, looked at it, and it was kind of everything we were looking for, it was in the city, so, um, it was a little bit about our budget, and, uh, Terrain was decent size, you know, th- a third of an acre, which you can work with. Um, there are some issues with having animals in the city. That's a whole different deal. But it was kind of those things like we just kind of felt God's presence upon this place. Um, it's right next to a church, and we know the pastors. It's a Hispanic church. and know the pastor of this place. And so the address in the place was 512. For whatever reason, First Thessalonians 512 came into my mind. 
um, to look that up, and that says, you know, uh, remember the those who have ministered among you, um, and hold them in, in esteem, and so to me, it felt like, okay, this is a house for ministers, this is somewhere, whoever needs to be there needs to be, you know, for ministering to people, ministering to, to ministers, perhaps, um, Turns out, actually this last weekend, I was able to talk with the pastors of the church right next door. They used to live in that house, so it's kind of like, huh, there we go. Um, and the other crazy thing is that during a lot of this process of looking for houses or a lot of sleepless nights, one of these nights I had a, uh, I had a, I couldn't sleep, but I laid down to go to sleep, and, and right as I was about to fall asleep, I I heard someone in Spanish say, okay, brothers, let's turn to First Kings... 22, and I'm probably going to screw this up. I think it's 1 Kings 22, not 12. But um, 1 Kings 22, if I'm correct, correct me if I'm here, if I'm wrong here, is a story about how one of the kings uh, wanted to restore, the kings of Judah wanted to restore the temple because the temple is kind of in bad shape. So we had the priests go out and they'd collect collections for the temples, for the temple to rebuild it, and 23 years go by and nothing happened. The temple was not restored. And so finally the, the chief priest came out there and said, all right, he opened up a box and he put a hole in the top of the box and so everyone could walk in the church and drop in their, their money that way, whatever they had in their heart. Um, and then that way they were collecting money, they were paying the workers, the workers doing a good job, they didn't have to like be on them or even do accountability with them because everyone just put their heart into it and did a very good job and they restored the temple. Yay, huzzah. So, all I want to say, um, I was like, well, what's that got to do with anything? Uh... But his fellow God saying, put a hole in the box, you know, give people a chance to, to pour into this. So anyways, we look at this house. I was going to put an offer in on it, you know, for way less than what they're, they're selling it for. And I wrote this letter. And then our realtor said, listen, and that was needed some work. And we're about to, you know, see what the deal was. And he said, someone a week ago put an offer for the exact same amount you're going to do it. And I was going to, I was going to be cute. I was going to write out First Thessalonians 5.12 in money. In, in letters, if you know leet, you could figure out what that would be. Anyways, apparently you can't do that in cents, so it's kind of like, ah, crap, that didn't work out. So <laughs> the 12 cents was going to go away of the 512. Um, and so I think it's going to be one thess, 512, something like that. Uh, $5.12. I can't remember what that was. Anyways, that's what I was going to offer because that was like the max we could pay for because the taxes on the house were like ridiculous. It's kind of close to river. It's kind of close to a flood zone. I work with engineering and flood zones all the time. I was like, eh, okay, we'll see. Our realtor said, listen, someone put an offer in the house uh, just a week ago for the exact same amount, even a little bit more than what you're thinking about putting the offer in on, and they didn't accept it. So I was like, there's no reason to go ahead on this. And I'm like, ah, and I was like, okay. And, and I felt like that's, if I screwed anything up, this is where I screwed it up. So I felt like saying, no. I need them to say no. And I need to see for them to see this letter explaining our heart, explaining, you know, what we felt, what God was saying there, and, and perhaps there's part of this message there is for them. I don't know. But I feel like I gotta get this this information to them. And yet he said, No, we're not we're not going ahead. And that was my bad. I should have said, No, we are doing it, gosh darn it, get it ready, we're submitting it. Now, would that even got to them? I don't know. Maybe their real estate agent would have stymied that whole thing. I don't know. Maybe that would have worked out, maybe not. I was still just kind of like, eh, about it, and like, I don't know, I mean, it felt like that's something that was supposed to go forward, but maybe not, I don't know, it's it's like, we, we felt good about it while we were there, but the minute we left, it's like, we lost our peace about it, and it was just kind of like, eh, we started looking at how much it's going to be with the taxes and everything, it just came to be this like, oh man, there's plenty of frustration, so, I don't know, I don't know, it was one of those things like, maybe I messed up, so I asked for a fleece, and if you're 
grown up in the Christian world, maybe you know what a fleece is. A fleece comes from the story of Gideon, who's actually one of my anti-heroes, but we'll get into that later. Um, and so he's, and I, I don't like doing anything, I don't like doing this, but I was like, ah, I just, I need to know something here. Which again, probably was another error. So it's like, Lord, okay, if you really want us to, to you know, make an offer in this house, then I'm going to drive by that street, and if there's somebody standing out, you know, in front of the house, or even by the house, that'll be a confirmation to go ahead and, yes, we're going to go ahead and submit this this offer and, and see where it's going to go. And so we drove by, I drove by, and there's nobody there. So I went to the stores going, and then I took a road back, and I drove by it again. And then even the next morning, I drove by it again. And there's just nobody, 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 nobody. It's like, all right, so this is not, no confirmation there. Which, again, I don't like doing those, because it's kind of like you're just, you're doing like kind of a Christian witchcraft type thing. It's like, I need God to tell me this. So tell me this, Lord. And I, I don't like doing that. I really don't. Um, but it's like, I want to give a chance, at least if I'm really making a mistake that God can say, Hey, nope, you need to do this. So I don't know. I mean, like, like I said, maybe that's where I I messed up. It could be, could not be. I don't know. Um, all to say, and and I gotta, this is one thing I was thinking about. I kind of feel like this whole thing has been there's times in ministry where you, you meet people or you, you know people even if you're not in ministry and it's like they'll hear these things like God said, yes, I'm supposed to marry that girl. And then three months later they've broken up. And they're like, oh, what happened? I was supposed to marry this girl. Like I thought of God. I'm pretty sure God told me this and all this kind of stuff. And it brings up all these questions about, dang it, man, did I really hear God's voice? Do I know how do you hear God's voice? Am I certain about this? Am I not certain about this? Did I screw this up? Did she screw it up? You know, what happened here? Da 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 da. All these different types of things that just didn't you know, come to pass, and it just seems like, oh man, it just causes you to doubt, you kind of get these weird quagmire situations, and it's it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah, what else can I say about it? Um, And so, I kind of feel like this is the situation where I've been in that, because think I've never been in that type of situation, but I feel like, oh, this is my time to go through it. All right, congratulations, yay. (laughs) It's just one of those times where it's like, ugh, all right, here we go. So, all to say, I'm not doubting God. I'm I am trusting God completely in this, and I haven't even got to the near end of my story. But um, I'm trusting God in the middle of this, and I know if it's gonna happen, and if we've heard Him correctly, and and again, maybe we haven't, maybe we we have not heard God's voice correctly, maybe we are being drugged along our, our whole things here. Maybe that's that's the situation. Um, and again, I am also extremely thankful for where we're at. I'm thankful. I have a job. I do not take that lightly. I'm thankful my wife has lots of work to do, and we've just been killing ourselves. We're just exhausted, um, you know, and, and thankful we have something to exhaust ourselves on, because I know there's a lot of people that don't have anything right now, and that is, ugh, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Um, and thankfully we've been able to bless a lot of people that don't have anything right now. That's That's been good. We want to help a lot of folks, mostly in you know, Colombia and as well and things like that and that's been a huge 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 blessing and again it's not much but it's 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 what god has given to us and we try to administer that to the best of our ability to, to everyone who has needs um and yeah so i'm and i'm thankful we do have a place to stay we have a place where we can rest our heads yes is it the best for our needs no but it's like at least we got a place um does it make the most sense for what i can see for god's kingdom no but again I don't know what God's doing, and I need to trust and, and say he, he's doing it. So, all that to say, you know, I'm, I've... Anyways, let me get to my point of frustration. So, here we go. <laughs> then we find 
a house. My wife sees this house, it goes in the market on Friday. We're out there on Saturday. It's in the area we want to be in. It's uh, in the same school district my kids are going to right now, which my wife really likes the school district. It's got half an acre. The kitchen is gorgeous. The house is just beautiful. And yes, it's at the high end of our budget, but where it's at is very rural and the taxes are very low. And so this is something we could probably most likely afford. Maybe. It's maybe a little bit out of our reach, but we're like, ah, maybe we can try it. So, um, anyways, the whole process has been incredibly frustrating. I love my real estate agent. He's, he's awesome. Um, he's a friend of ours and he's kind of getting, he's done some stuff in real estate in the past, but he's kind of getting into it now. And there's a whole long story there, but we want to help him out as best we can. Um, and so there's just been, I've never bought a house before. And the guy who owns the house apparently, uh, has never, um, had a house before either. So there's just been a, uh, this is the first time he's had a house, the first time he's selling a house. And so there's just been a lot of communication, through telephone, and it's just been very, very, very frustrating. Um, all that to say, this has been a very long and difficult and hard process where it just feels like every step has been just an absolute fight, and nothing has gone according to plan. And so we've spent, you know, the money on the inspections, money on septic inspections, and then uh, the septic needed to get repaired, and we're like, oh my gosh, we got the appraisal first before. Uh, the septic gets repaired, and then I find out the septic was already repaired three weeks ago, and so it's one of those things where it's, it's been a very long, drawn-out process as well, because they're in a situation where they can't leave until the middle of August, and we started this whole process at the beginning of middle of June, and so it's been over 60-some-odd days that we've been in this whole thing, um, or maybe it was the beginning of June, I can't even remember now, it's just been a long time, in any case... Uh, everything was kind of like, okay, is the appraisal going through? Is the appraisal going to go through? Is the appraisal going to through? Is the septic going to get fixed? Well, the septic got fixed. That That's one thing else that got taken care of. And so all these little things that needed to happen have happened, and then we're just waiting for the appraisal. And here it is, two weeks before we're going to close, and the appraisal comes in, and it's short by $16,500. And I'm not asking for money. Please, don't think I'm asking for money. No, no, no. Because one thing we've been very clear about is we need to pray and, and know what God's and understand what God's will is for us in, in this mess. Um, and so all that to say, all that to say, it's like, crap, <laughs> I don't have that kind of money. Maybe if I sold a kidney, I'd get that kind of money. I'm not sure. I don't really know how much a kidney's worth, but I don't think I need to be selling a kidney right now. And uh, I went out there to survey the place. I actually met with the owner and he let me know that, they're in a tough situation because their plans are actually shot now. They're, they, what they're planning on doing, the whole reason they're, they're going to sell the house is gone through. And so they don't really have anywhere to go. I was like, I don't feel good about this. And he's was actually a pastor for 40 years. And he said, stop. If God's going to make this go through, he's going to make it go through. And you're not the one to stop it. I'm like, that's correct. So all I have to say, it's been like, what is that? So my realtor said, let's, let's look at this appraisal. He looks at the appraisal. He's like, this thing is full of holes. It doesn't make sense. The comps are bad. There's a lot of issues here. Da, 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 a lot of, okay. So we go through all that. I go through it. There's, yeah, there's a lot of issues with that. The appraiser is not doing a very good job. Lots of little errors and big errors and whatnot. I'm not an appraisal expert, but at least I know what county the house is in. Anyways, um, <laughs> all I have to say, uh, we, he submitted his comments to the seller's agents and their broker looked at it and she agreed entirely with that and, and, you know, the different comps to go out and so we added those on there and sent that to the, the, the financial people's appraisal department and they looked at it and they got back to us yesterday and they said, 
nope, the appraisal stays as it is. It's $16,000 short. So I would negotiate with the guy, seeking him down. It's like, he's not going to negotiate. I know he's not. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. Uh, so this is just stopped. All to say, um, I think, all to say, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping that at some point, well, I, all to say, it's clear that this is not going forward. This is, this is not going to go anywhere. Um, we're now in a spot where it's like, we lost it. It's, it's gone. And so here we are really back to square one. And it's, it's very sad. It's very frustrating. We had hopes and we have a garage full of different types of furniture for, you know, space we're going to be in and all these things we needed to get in there and people giving us stuff and all this kind of, you know, awesome things. It's like, yeah, it's going to work out. Yeah. Beautiful. Everyone's super happy. And all of a sudden it's like, no, that's not going for And so we just had a good cry last night. Um, I think I had my cries actually last week when I first heard the first appraisal thing come through. So I'm like, ah, this is not going to go anywhere. And maybe God will surprise us, but it, it didn't happen. So all that to say, this is, this is our sad story. Did I screw it up with the other house? Maybe, maybe as I was supposed to be. I don't know. Um, it could be, it could not be. I'm, I'm not really certain. I mean, it, somebody else has bought the house at this point, so it's, it's gone. It's not an opportunity at this point. So it's, it's done. Um, and, uh, I was able to give that little message from second Kings to the pastors of that church. I was like, well, maybe it's for them. And so I was able to talk with them uh, this last weekend and mention that to them. And they, they received it. They thought it was kind of a good word for them. Um, I don't know. I really don't know what, what the deal is, but it's just been one of those things where it's just been like, oh my goodness. And it may be true that this is just not the right time. I think we can have some lingering hope with this house, but it's just not right now. It's later. But one of the things that we felt clearly is God saying, you need to get out of where you're at right now. Because if you don't, everything's going to start breaking down and you won't get out. And sure enough, our water heater broke down again. Uh, we need to get the septic tank pumped because it's absolutely full from you know all the cake stuff we're doing. And that's, that's doing a work on all of our plumbing. And I have to... The plumbing in that house is a mess, and so I have to get out there with the cable every week or so and run that cable through there so we don't get stopped up. So it's like all these things are just happening. It's like, oh, goodness, what's what's going to go next? It's, it feels like this is just all happening, and, yeah, there is no there is no potential that uh, it feels like, okay, Lord, you told us to get out of here. We're doing everything possible to get out of here, and now we got nowhere to go. What now? So... Uh, Anyways, God is good. There's a lot going on, and God is very good. He's faithful. And, and one of the things I learned in college when I had a very bad semester, typical country song semester, my dog died literally, and my girlfriend left me, and everything was lost. Um, grades went down the tubes. It was just like, oh, my goodness, life sucks right now. And it wasn't like anything bad, bad, but still, it was, it was depressing. It was depressing. Um, but still, it was one of those things I realized, you know what, God is good. Regardless of what happens to me, regardless of anything else, God truly is good. And even if everything goes bad, I can look at him and say, you know what? He is good. Um, so that's where we're at. God is good. Even though we're not, I know God is good and we can trust in that. So that's my story. I'll kind of keep you updated as things go on. Um, I think we're just going to take a week just to kind of make a lot of cakes. There's going to be a lot of cakes to deliver this week, (laughs) next week. And then we set aside two weeks to kind of be free for moving, although it's not going to happen now. Um, we're going to take some time off there just to relax a little bit, maybe just a day or something. In any case, 
be blessed. This is my, my testimony. This is my sad testimony. I'm not looking for, you know, anyone to come and buy me a house. No, 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 no. Don't do that. I'm just letting you know my own story. So you can hear about it. You can pray into it. Whatever. If you got a word for me, share it. That's awesome. Be blessed. Stay strong. Seek the Lord. And we'll see you soon. I'm back. It's not over. Sorry, I had to jump into work. I was like, I better end it now. But no, it's not over. It continues. It goes on. Um, there's one thing I feel like you need to add is that, especially a lot of times when there's just a lot of confusion, um, it can be very easy just to try to figure things out on your own. And, and I feel like in some ways, maybe we've done that in this situation, but at the same time, I know I've spent a lot of times just praying, asking God to, to speak to us, and maybe I haven't done it enough. Maybe I haven't really dedicated myself completely 100% to it like I should. Uh, and maybe it's just all the craziness of life that's going on that's just the reality of the situation we're in. Nonetheless, I feel like it's very important to look for God in the middle of this and ask. And yet, even in the times where there is no answer, that's okay. That's okay. There doesn't always have to be a definitive answer. and There doesn't have to be a time where that is. And, that, and I think that forces us to grow because it's things where I start to ask advice of people. It's not like, okay, I'm just going to figure this out on my own. That didn't work. I'll go to God. Okay, now what? Now, <laughs> now I should look for some advice. And so that that's that's also a good thing as well, to bring, you know, your community, if you have one, if you're so blessed as to have one, uh, into the process and just pray for guidance, pray for hope, pray for uh, help along the way. So that's important. That's very important. Um, all I have to say, we'll see. We'll see where God takes it. It's just, you know, one thing at a time. I don't know, again, where this is going to go. I don't know where God's going to put us. And, again, I, I believe something will happen at the right time for the right spot for us. That that will happen. Nonetheless, you know, I feel like this has been uh, an interesting process. And so I kind of share this whole process so that you all may learn from it. Just kind of see our own internal struggles as we go through it. Um, not having clear answers. Not having things tidied up with a bow. I think it's very important to share these things because that is what real life is. Very rarely can you say, ah, ta-da, it's done. It does not happen much. <laughs> there are moments where those, those things happen, but it's not common and it's not typical. And I believe that following Jesus is in all parts of life, not just the, the atypical points, but in all points of life. So that's the thing. We're just really trying to figure out, okay, Jesus, now what? What's our next step? Uh, where do we go from here? So like I said, I think we're just going to take a week, just kind of, Relax, let everything, all the paperwork settle out, everything that needs to be done, um, and be done with that. And then we'll take it from there and see where God, what God has for us. I think we're going to continue to look. I don't think that's something we need to stop. I think we need to continue to go out and go after that. Um, maybe we just need to wait for a little bit. I don't know. But maybe in this week we just need to talk and, and ask God what he has for us. All right. This is the end. Now, finally, be blessed, do well, seek the Lord in all things, and we'll see you on the flip side.